Hi there, my name is Kendra Ties. A couple of months ago, I had the idea to start a podcast. And starting back in January, I began the process of recording a couple of episodes. As you will hear in my first official episode, which I will have after this one. But now, being that it's March 27th, 2020, and a lot has happened since January and February 2020, I feel like it's important for me to do a pre-intro to this podcast because I need to talk about what's going on out there right now. So I don't exactly know how I want to start this because it's really last minute now that I'm recording a pre-intro to my podcast, but I'll just tell you a tiny bit about what the podcast is going to be about and why I feel like it might be relevant in the midst of all this that is going on. In the two episodes that follow this one, you'll notice that I don't mention or address the coronavirus, and that's because I recorded these before all of this started to happen in North America. I started working on this project in January and February. So my intention with this episode is to address that with you now. Because once this all emerged, I started to ask myself if I should even move forward on this podcast or this project, wondering if people are even going to be remotely interested in the topic of embodied healing at this time. Through some of the things I've reflected upon and through some of the people that I like to follow as resources to support me in my life, as I've been listening to those people, they've been talking about how right now the collective is being challenged on these deep survival levels. As you know, you're well aware of what's going on here. And uh, one of the people I love to listen to, his name is Lee Harris. You may be familiar with him. He does monthly energy updates. One of the points he made during this time is how some people are going to be really brought into their body more. And the word I use for that is embodiment. And the the whole my whole podcast is about embodiment through trauma work and another person whom i have been following over the years whom i love her name is dr lisa rankin she wrote a book called mind over medicine and um i read a recent blog post from her website that addressed how much trauma work more than ever might be something important to address or look at in our lives. Yeah, so this brings up a lot for me. I mean, I'm still I'm still feeling uncomfortable with putting myself out there in this way and also resolving myself to trust deeply in my my soul's journey that I'm somebody who's been dedicated to healing work my whole life. And it might be true that right now what the planet needs is among other things, is individuals to do their inner healing work. And I know a ton of you out there have been doing it. And I know that people who might be drawn to a podcast called Embodiment Healing Journey, excuse me, Embodied Healing Journey, might, I might be preaching to the choir here about your dedication to your inner work. My intention with sharing the work I've been doing in, in the way I am going to share it is that 
although there's an increasing awareness around trauma work and how it relates to our physical body, there are still a lot of people that maybe don't fully understand it because it's quite a complex topic. And my, my hope is that I can share with you my perspective through the way I see things in layman's language so that maybe you feel supported by me, or maybe you have, maybe you feel supported by this material or by the way that I can share it. Or maybe I'm going to say things in a way that you just haven't heard it that way before. I have a history of seeking healing through spirituality. I have a history of seeking some of the healing through a Western model of medicine because the training, the background I have was a Western-based model. And then I also have a background in looking at healing through alternative models. And I also have been a practicing massage therapist for, I don't know, 15 or 16 years and had one-on-one work with clients and experience Uh, And then um, I also have a background in early developmental trauma resolution. I'm giving you all this information right now, although in the official next episode, episode one, I will cover at at more length kind of my story. And I'm going to just say that the trauma work that I'm interested in is something I call more of a subtle trauma. We are all familiar with big T traumas. Uh, like a car accident, natural disaster, um, forms of abuse that are all things that we know are overtly trauma. So I'm going to talk a bit about those, but my interest lies more in the subtle realms of things that we're not as aware of and how our nervous system responded to our upbringing and essentially I'll word it as made decisions about how the world works and then does things to protect us and how this can impact our life. I also want to say, because I've got a bit of a background in exploring spiritual practices, it is my opinion, it's only my opinion, that doing trauma work is also another way of describing shadow work. And the way that I want to describe this is a lot of how we function in the world, believe it or not, came from what we recorded deep in our brainstem and those deeper, more primal parts of our brain and body, how we perceived the world when we were very young, very young, like baby, early toddler years, the years in which you don't maybe have a conscious memory of those experiences. So things that we have a memory of can be in our awareness I'm going to use an example of a memory you might have that could have changed your life. Let's say when you were in elementary school, you had a history of being bullied or feeling left out. If this happened in elementary school, you might have some explicit memory of those events, and it might make sense to you why later in life you struggled with feeling like you belonged or like you would be easily liked or all those kinds of feelings that can come up from a situation like that. So because you remember it, you can bring awareness to it and do work on it. But events that happened really early in our life where we don't remember, let's say they are in the subconscious. And a lot of spiritual work and healing work is exploring the places of us that are in the shadow, which are 
subconscious. Sub meaning below our consciousness, below our awareness. So the beautiful thing about early developmental trauma work is it's a method that allows us to go back into our history and bring awareness to those events that happened that may have shaped our life. Another way of looking at shadow work and early developmental trauma work is um, there are also some experiences that you had that you may have had to consciously or unconsciously repress. And when you when something is repressed, it means it's something you're not aware of. When something when it's something you're not aware of, it then resides in the shadow. So this podcast is going to be addressing shadow work, doing our inner work from a trauma perspective. And I love spiritual tools and practices and spirituality. I mean, I spent many years seeking healing through that realm. But what I absolutely love about trauma work where it's body-based and based on feeling your body and your experiences is it, it to me feels a little more grounded. The name of the teacher who I learned the early developmental trauma resolution content from is a wonderful woman named Myrna Martin. The course she teaches is called Pre and Perinatal Professional Training. I believe it's called that because the developmental time in our life that has the biggest impact on us is during the pre and perinatal time, meaning the time just before you were conceived, the time that you were in utero, and about the first year after being born. Just after we are born, there's an especially significant window of time that has a huge impact on us. And that window of time is the first few hours after birth. What happens to a baby during that time is very significant. Of course, the days to come after that first few hours are also extremely important. There is so much for me to say about this period of our life, and I will eventually get there and cover that in future episodes. But for now, I just wanted to bring your attention to that time in your life, the whole preconception, in utero, infant, baby, toddler time that you may not have really considered how significant that time in human beings' lives are. So one of the things that I really liked about this model of healing is that all the lectures were based on science. They were based on things that have been studied in the last few decades that explain pre and perinatal psychology. I guess for me, the fact that it was science-based gave it a little bit more of a quality of being grounded. Please know I am not somebody who thinks science is the be-all and end-all, nor do I think some spiritual practice is the be-all and end-all because spirituality and science are all driven by human beings and we are all imperfect. So I love that uh, the way I view healing now is kind of a blend of both worlds. Yeah, so I want to get back to why this is also relevant in the face of everything that's going on right now. I believe what I might be talking about will feel relevant 
or resonate with some people because everybody is scared right now and fear brings up our survival biology, if you will. It goes right to the root of, am I safe or am I not safe? Will I survive or will I not survive? Why might trauma work be so important right now? Why might people be interested in listening to me talk about how to settle their nervous systems? In a real, in real simple terms, it is known the more your nervous system is in survival physiology, meaning when you're in survival physiology, your body is on high alert and its job is to protect you to survive. Some of the things that get mobilized in survival physiology are things like increased breathing rate and heart rate and alertness. Things that become less important might be really doing a good job digesting your food, going into deep rest. So this is a real simple breakdown of what can happen. Survival physiology kicks in and the body goes into high alert. And it's doing an amazing job protecting you, taking care of you at this time. But what we know is that the more time you spend in survival physiology, the more stress on your body and your immune system actually can't operate as well when you're stuck in this high alert place. I desire to share all this so that you can learn maybe a few tools and things to support your nervous system to settle a bit more. And in being settled, hopefully have more of your health. That's one reason why I think this is really important right now. Another reason I think the trauma work or shadow work is important right now is you're probably aware that with everything that's going on right now, the future's looking like it could be really different. And notice I didn't say scary or disaster because we just don't know. I am looking ahead and, and noticing that there's a lot of things that could be really difficult for a lot of people. And also, I'm very curious now how people are going to get creative and come up with ways that could change the world for the better. It's like Lisa Rankin said something in her a blog post about how the earth has basically put us on a big pause and we're given an opportunity right now to reevaluate how we think we're entitled to live. She used the word entitlement a lot, and I love how she beautifully talked about it. I'm not going to remotely do it justice, but she even talked about how we feel like we're entitled to the earth's resources. And a lot of this entitlement kind of connects to like an early, earlier developmental, like a teenager or a childish kind of way of, of relating to the planet. So if we go back and do our trauma work and heal those early places in us, well then maybe we can make adult choices about how to relate to the planet in the future. Maybe we can not stop feeling so entitled. I don't know. It's all very interesting. I just wish to bring a more, when I can, my days are up and down, but in the moments where I feel like I'm really connected to myself and really connected to my soul and my life purpose and my health, 
I really feel this positivity about what could be coming next. And I want to share that with you because I want your nervous system to feel the hope and the possibility and the creativity that's available. And I'll tell you what, your brain can't be in those places of gratitude, hope, and creativity when you're stuck in survival mode. That's why this is important. As I mentioned, I've got you know the spiritual part of my background, meaning I practiced spiritual practices with groups uh, in order to in order to help my healing process along. And I got a lot out of those. So, and I'm definitely, I definitely resonate with spirituality for sure. But through this period, I've been watching and listening to some amazing, uh, what people would call spiritually woke, (laughs) some spiritual people online whom I love. And I've been listening to what they are sharing now. And I've been listening to, I've been listening to them for years, actually, off and on. I kind of come in and out of checking out what the spiritual folk are saying. And what I want to say is I often hear them use language like, um, it's time to let go of limiting beliefs or these, these patterns are the patterns that are based on your conditioning are coming to light and it's time to release them or shed these old, um, patterns. They also often say things about how our mind is what is creating all of our suffering, meaning that it's our belief patterns and all that, that create the reality. And and these are the things that from a spiritual perspective, it's time to shift and let go of. I believe this is all true and truly valuable, but because I come from a trauma background, when I listen to them say things like let go, or it's in your mind, I get a bit of a sense that they, they say these things like, just let go. Let go of that now. But I feel compelled to want to explain to you in the future how the nervous system works. Because although it is possible to let things go, depending on your history and depending on how far back certain experiences happened, Like, let's just say that the earlier in your life something happened and the more you had to respond to events from earlier on, meaning you've had the most practice. If when you were a newborn baby, something happened to you that was less optimal, you were new to the world and you were recording, this is what the world's like. And then your brain went, whoa, that wasn't cool. I would like to avoid that at all costs because it felt like a threat to my survival. So what I need to do to adapt to this is do this. And depending on how much that was reinforced throughout your life, and often it was because our caretakers are sometimes the reason why that thing happened and that's how they are. So this thing just keeps being that way, which means the neural pathway for that information grows really strong and it becomes your unconscious go-to way of being in the world. So you can see that, let's say you have a pattern from when you were so young, you don't even remember it. And you know, as an adult, it's not serving you. Just being told to let it go is super difficult because your brain, your brainstem deep in your brain and body, it's decided this is what you need to do to survive. So trying to change that is like a threat to your survival. 
So letting it go is not as easy as, you know, just meditate and, and it's just going to go away. There are some meditation practices of which I'm not familiar with. I just know they're out there that do support that process. But I think there's a body-based component to it or practices that help you recreate new pathways in the brain. And, but it's a process and it takes time. And I feel it's so important to talk about that because although I do love a lot of the spiritual models, well, again, I'll speak to my experience. I was in a spiritual practice where, um, I need to back up a little further deep in my being for one reason or another, I had a deep, deep program for years and it still exists. But the program I had running was that I am not good enough And I know a lot of you can relate to that. It was very, very strong for me though. It was kind of dominating. The not good enough message took over my life. One of the spiritual practices I was in, they had us do this set of tools that I found somewhat helpful, but not always. And when I would go seek support for challenges in my life, the counselor, spiritual teacher I had would say to me, first and foremost, are you using your tools? Because they they will be what helps you. Um, and if you're not using them, then, you know, anyway, I, I'm going to stop there because their intention was to, to tell me to use the tools to help me, but I didn't always use them. And then my go-to feelings would be shame and not good enough. I was left feeling like, because I wasn't doing what I was told that it was my fault that I wasn't healing or getting better. I'm the one who's not good enough and not showing up. So man, was it ever a terrible cycle because I already came into that feeling not good enough. So it wasn't until later on when I began to understand that I needed to work on those deeper places in me about why the belief was so strong in me that I wasn't good enough and not feel like I was being scolded for not doing enough that that's when space was created for me to actually start the healing work because back then I couldn't just let it go. So that's what, that's why I just wanted to speak to that. So during times of crisis like this, people will often turn to their, the things that support them, like their spirituality or their faith, which can be very important and supportive. And what I want to share is as I go through how, how the body responds to trauma, hopefully you can take these pieces and integrate them into your spiritual practice or awareness. Cause we're all spiritual beings. I want you to keep doing your spiritual thing, but I would love to give you pieces of information that help you understand why things are not moving as fast as you want them to sometimes. Or I would love to give you pieces where you go like me, like when it happened to me that I was like, oh, that's, that's what I needed. That's what I needed to feel better about myself. It needed to be this way. Or, oh, now that I know that that experience that happened to me when I was younger is why my body and my brain keep going to these automatic patterns. Now, now I have the awareness. Now I can actually begin to feel empowered to know how to navigate through that. So I just used the word empowered and I feel like that's a key piece too. I wish to empower you. 
So yeah, that's it. Here's my pre-intro to a podcast. I hope you're intrigued enough to um, join me on this journey. I don't know how quickly I can get these podcasts out. I'm doing all this on my own at home, so I don't have any support right now. So it takes me a bit of time to record and edit. I'm new to it, so it's all happening as fast as I can. Also, as a lot of you are, I'm stuck at home and I do have a child's, so I'm having to organize and steal windows of time where I can work on this. My initial intention was to put out one podcast a month. Now that we're stuck at home, it might be more frequent, but I'm still not going to set an expectation for myself that I can do more than that because uh, I just don't know what's going to happen. I have recorded though episode one and two after this one, and they are going to be available either immediately or shortly after I share this one. And now I have to get to work and edit this one because I've told you the date. It's the 27th of March and I want to get this out as timely as possible. I'm not sure when. I'm hoping in the next couple of days I will be ready to launch this episode. I'm going to share with you my parting thought, and that is I'm going to introduce to you and remind you at the end of every podcast, if I remember, about feeling your feet on the ground. Just now, can you feel your feet on the ground? Can you feel the soles of your feet touching the earth? If you're sitting, can you feel your bum in the chair and the weight of your body in the chair? This is going to be my first introduction into you becoming a bit more embodied and in contact with your body. Please only do it if it feels safe to you to contact those places in your body or bring your awareness there. So until next time, my deepest, most sincere from my heart wish for you is to feel some of the calm opportunity that might be presented to us right now. Some of the possibility of beautiful change on the planet. When I'm struggling, I'm focusing my my energy on love and light and possibility. I I just hope for you that you can feel right now that I feel grounded. I feel a little excited. And at times I feel worried. But I want to choose love. So to all you beautiful people, big love to you. 